0: Hey all, this is Eric Christensen, the host of the Real Life Pharmacology podcast. I've got a great episode for you today. I hope you enjoy it. And please feel free to to reach out, reallifepharmacology.com. Give us a comment. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. We'd love to hear from you. Here's the podcast. Today I'm going to break down metformin for you. With its mechanism of action, it reduces hepatic glucose production. That is the primary mechanism of action. I think the most important one that you need to, to remember, oftentimes if you're doing an exam, you might have kind of a, a matching type situation or a multiple choice. Uh, this one is very unique in that it uh, reduces hepatic glucose production. It is from the class of medications called biguanide, which maybe I shouldn't say medications because metformin is really the only one uh, that is uh, uh, available. Of course, this is a diabetic medication by reducing liver glucose production. We reduce blood sugar. We can help improve A1C. We can help... Um, manage our our patients with diabetes major major most common side effects stomach upset so nausea vomiting and diarrhea maybe diarrhea being the the most prominent there so you definitely need to watch out for this Uh, when patients first initiate it you're going to have to look at each patient individually see how bad uh, those uh, stomach upset problems are and work with patients because it is a first-line medication in diabetes very very common medication for sure so with that make sure that the starting dose is appropriate Uh, another little uh, trick or quirk that i've seen come into play is sometimes patients will tolerate the extended release a little bit better as far as stomach upset and that type of thing so that might be a potential option if the immediate release is being used maybe switching them over and and trying that but again I've definitely seen uh, inappropriate starting doses uh, in patients as well B12 deficiency is possible with metformin there's definitely an association Uh, between lower B12 levels and metformin so this is something to keep in mind if you've got a patient with symptoms of possible B12 deficiency they've got uh, let's say anemia maybe Uh, maybe they've got some CNS changes maybe they've got uh, neuropathy type pain that might be a good time to take a peek at that B12 and make sure we're, we're doing okay there kidney function so metformin isn't typically uh, classically associated with worsening kidney function. The problem or the challenge with with metformin is when a patient's kidney function gets worse, this drug can accumulate. And we run the risk of lactic acidosis, which is very, very severe, very, very serious, but very, very rare with metformin, and it's much more common in patients with significant kidney disease. So kind of, you know, the, the ballpark target I look at at this point with the best evidence we have uh, is about 45 mils per minute on a, you know, GFR, for example. Uh, if you've got patients below that, it's probably going to be a little bit dicey to, to use metformin. Uh, if you've got, um, patients above that uh, typically that risk of of lactic acidosis is is much much less so keep that in mind when you've got a patient with poor kidney function or if you see a diagnosis of CKD chronic kidney disease in stage uh, maybe three four or five Metformin's probably not going to be appropriate in the majority of those situations. Now again, we've got to look at clinical factors and you know, what other diabetes medications can we utilize and how high are their blood sugars and so on and so forth. So it's not always a, a 100% end-all be-all, uh, but overall, uh, keep a close eye on that kidney function because the drug can accumulate and cause this severe uh, problem with uh, lactic acidosis. Metformin does not uh, do much for stimulating insulin production. So, what this means is a good thing for patients in that it typically doesn't cause much for uh, hypoglycemia or severe hypoglycemia in patients who are on metformin alone. Okay, so that's definitely a a good thing in in metformin's favor. Uh, Another potential um, positive for metformin in our classically overweight type 2 diabetes patients, medication does tend to be um, weight loss or weight negative. So that's a a nice added effect, whereas some of the other medications like sulfonylureas and using insulin can definitely contribute to weight gain. Uh, With You know, that that GI side effect administration procedure is pretty important for patients. Uh, I have seen patients take it without food and and tolerate it okay, but definitely it is uh, best and and ideal to uh, administer that medication with food to kind of help minimize uh, some of that uh, GI upset concern there. Uh, with the, the GI upset, keep an eye out for kind of that polypharmacy uh, cascade. So if you see that metformin started and you run into a patient that's reporting that they're you know having stomach upset or heartburn or you know any sort of kind of GI symptoms and you see medications added to help treat those GI symptoms. Like patients taking an H2 blocker or a PPI or being prescribed those type of medications uh, thinking that it's a, a new diagnosis. So definitely keep an eye eye out for um, GI side effects and, and diarrhea uh, for sure. They are really problematic with metformin. Again, kind of summing up metformin, first line agent for diabetes uh, definitely can do a, a nice job of lowering blood sugars, lowering A1C. Rarely does it cause hypoglycemia by itself, so that's definitely a positive. Keep an eye out for B12, and importantly, we need to really assess patients with poor kidney function and make sure that their um, metformin is appropriate. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Feel free to reach out, reallifepharmacology.com. Send us a message and uh, take care. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.